Welcome back to the Subtweets and Therapy Podcast, the podcast with no theme, only words. I'm Julian. And I'm Jared. Uh, in today's episode, we talk about um, RBG, her passing, a little bit of her career, as well as some aspects related to the Supreme Court uh, and the election that is coming up. And Ty Lawson. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Ty Lawson. Just... If you look it up, and and we talked about the purple and gold, Los Angeles Lakers. Hop on board, hop on the bandwagon, boys. And we're gonna start. Go. So we could talk about like RBG and her her career, um, but I think it would be really good if we just kind of explored, um, you know, finding the the right balance when remembering somebody after they've passed. because, you know, we do have the tendency to become very effusive in our praise of them. And as a result, like there's been more and more people who are kind of like overly harsh and bringing up that person's past actions and decisions and stuff like that. Um, like as a reaction to like everyone being like, you know, just giving nothing but high praise uh, and yeah. like you know, basically like hero worship. But I think like, you know, we need to be able to be honest. Um, and fair and balanced with the things that we're saying about people once they pass. Because, like, RBG, she's a legitimate icon uh, and did so much, especially for women, um, to bring about equality um, and, and, you know, to combat uh, some really important decisions being made that were affecting women in a variety of places, you know. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, she's she wasn't perfect. You know, she made some really harsh comments. She made some really questionable decisions that impacted like millions of people. Um, if we're talking about the um, indigenous peoples of this country. So, you know, we just need to like find a way to be balanced, I think. I think that's how we should be in a lot of facets and how we look at things in life. Mm-hmm. I think. A lot of people, like, I'll just use the prism of our election right now, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people view criticism as just a negative thing, right? Yeah. Like, I hear it from certain people all the time. They, they'll be like, oh, all we hear is criticisms of the president. How come no one talks about the good things he does? All I hear is criticism. Oh, you dare criticize Joe Biden, does that mean all you're going to do is make it easier for him to not win? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people feel like people should be above criticism Mm -hmm. when I think, if anything, criticism makes things better, better, right? I think it's good to shine a light on flaws so that they can be addressed. Right. It's definitely, there's definitely people who... Uh, you know, when criticism is, is brought about, they definitely have a pretty um, strong reaction to it. And who knows why that is? I'm sure it's a different reason for different people. Um, but like I struggle with the idea of receiving criticism because I want to, you know, I want to do well in everything that I do, you know, and, and I don't want to be caught out being wrong about something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm learning and growing as far as like being able to accept the fact that I'm not always going to be right. You know, that I'm not always going to be able to get it right. 
Um, and it's more important that I learn from the moments in which I'm wrong versus like getting emotional or getting stuck because I was wrong, you know? Um, yeah. I think what's the saying? Is it like two errors to be human? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, just having flaws is part of being human. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, what really matters is the manner in which you decide to criticize someone. Right. Um, I think that goes a long way. And I think, you know, that's how we get good discourse. I mean, like, there's been times I've been wrong and you told me I was wrong and I was like, cool, thanks. Mm. You know, it's rarely that you're ever like, what the F are you doing? What the hell? You know what I mean? It's just how you kind of approach somebody. Yeah, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way to approach people about stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it's just kind of based on who it is that's criticizing you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. You know, generally, most people aren't necessarily coming from a place of malice. They're just like, yo, that wasn't that wasn't cool. You know, right. Maybe you or they're just kind of showing you things that you may not have thought about. Right. Um, And I think more and more we're starting to see. That there's like a general understanding um, for some people that it's super important that we are able to criticize particular groups of people. And by that, I mean people who are in positions of power, Um, Mm -hmm. people who have the ability to make decisions that have sweeping consequences for a large, you know, group of people in this country, like their decisions and actions should be criticized. Our government should be criticized, you know, And, and, and instead of us getting super partisan about it, and only criticizing Republicans if you are a liberal uh, or, you know, or vice versa. Like, instead of doing that, we should be criticizing the government as a whole, trying to address uh, like trying to uh, highlight flaws, address them and, and move forward type of thing. Um, just because if we don't, then our government can run amok all over us because it's filled with a whole bunch of people who have their own agendas and all that type of stuff. So, Or what happens is exactly what's happening now in which nothing gets done because we're so focused on I'm not voting anything Republican or I'm not voting anything Democrat because mm. I'm just going to stick to party lines. And then we mm. end up at a standstill or, you know, we the government shut down that has many times or multiple yeah. times in the past yeah. few years. Agreed. So, and I guess just to kind of delve deeper into this particular topic, um, when I was reading up on um, RBG earlier, uh, just because like I, I knew very little about her career, in all honesty, um, and recently I had only heard very um, good things from one side and not too much from the other side. Um, so I wanted to know more about, you know, her, her voting record and, you know, some important decisions and comments that she made. Uh, and I came across this article, uh, back in 2018, that was actually pretty interesting, um, in which they were already identifying the, um, trend that's really taken hold, uh, lately to create celebrity out of certain political figures, um, and in particular, Supreme Court justices. Uh, and this happened with uh, 
Scalia because he or Scalia, sorry if I if I mispronounced that, but he uh, was very public uh, and very open, and he would you know often talk about the decisions that the court would make in the public, and he went on book tours and you know all the kind of stuff. Like he was very brash and very open and very different from uh, his predecessors. Um, and then RBG, she kind of followed in the same uh, path, just for the liberal side of things. Uh, and this article was basically stating, you know, we need to be careful with creating like a cult um, fanaticism about someone who wields such hefty powers, you know, like that person needs to be able to separate themselves from partisan thought processes uh, and be as um, neutral as possible when it comes to like what the public is seeing, you know, obviously their decisions are going to be, you know, influenced by whatever their, their own political ideologies are. But in the public, it's important that we see more balance from people who are supposed to lead the balancing part of our government, meaning the Supreme court, if that makes sense. It does. Um, Do you think it would be more balanced if more justices started talking openly about their decisions? Since Maybe. you know there's a there's a dissenting part too, so if both did the publicly speaking part about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. would that balance it more? Maybe because um, I think what happens is obviously they write it right, but right. how many people are out here actively reading right what they've written? Right. That's that's my that's my worry though. Like if let's say you know um, a a really uh, openly liberal. Uh, Supreme Court justice was openly speaking about the decisions that the court had made. And on the other side, an openly conservative uh, Supreme Court justice was doing the same thing. I don't really know if that would bring balance. I feel like that might bring even harsher divisions between the two, because people who are liberal and fans of the this liberal Supreme Court justice will only really want to pay attention to what that justice is saying. You know, they're not necessarily going to take the time to listen to what the conservative justice is saying um, and, you know, vice versa. Uh, just generally speaking, I feel like that's what would happen because that's kind of what already happens with other politicians. You know, it's not exactly common for someone who is deeply liberal to spend a lot of time trying to understand the perspective of someone who is deeply conservative and vice versa. Right. So I know that we do that a lot with TV, right? So Yeah. Um I think my fear is that if if we leave it up to news pundits and stuff to just read and then give us the information, mm. that we're still in that same spot, you know? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the the main thing I'm the main my main point is I feel if we gave them the platform to I don't think they should try to persuade us. I think if they just give us the rationale behind said vote. I see. I think that'd be beneficial, right? We obviously can't make people watch both because what's that saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make but a horse drink. drink. Right. Right. So I think it's good to have the information out there. I mean, it's already out there in a way that is written, but I feel like if they want to, if they were to talk about it openly, it could be a valuable resource for those who are more, politically inclined those who actually want to know both sides of things yeah i hear you um 
and what you're saying definitely makes sense. Um, I guess it's just like my more cautious nature um, with stuff like that. It just it feels like it could spin in the wrong direction pretty quickly. But I mean, we're at a point where like everything feels like it's spinning in the wrong direction. So yeah, it, it wouldn't necessarily be like a bad thing to, to give it a shot. You know, at the very least, people have the option of informing themselves um, and, and they can, you know, become a little bit more educated on, on either side and feel a bit more balanced with it. Um, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about uh, when it comes to the actual position of being a Supreme Court justice, do you feel like we should consider making a few changes to how they become a Supreme Court justice? Meaning like, like what changes would you mean? Well, because right now, basically the president will select people to be a Supreme Court justice, right? So mm-hmm. it's not exactly a reflection of the nation's will, like the the, the will of the people. Um, do you feel like the public should be more involved in the process of deciding who sits on the Supreme Court uh, because it ultimately is the people who are affected by the decisions of the Supreme Court. Uh, I have mixed feelings about it. Mm. Um, I don't think it's something that should be voted on because I think what that does is that creates a slippery slope in that then justices will start making decisions, not necessarily because of how they feel, but because they want to keep their job, mm. you know? And I think that's, that's why they get lifetime appointments. That's and fair. I think in terms of the voice of the people, for the most part, the president is supposed to be the voice of the majority of us, right? Now, that's not always, that's, yeah, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. But he, he appoints... And then Congress members that we elect by majority most of the time are supposed to approve it. And so I think that process is, I think that's the right process and the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. Do I necessarily agree with the people who are currently in power doing it? Uh, Not necessarily. And I think that, especially in this case, we have quite an interesting situation because precedent has already been set back when Obama was president and Scalia died. Yes. Right. And they said that we should wait until the next president is elected to even think about a new Supreme court justice. And I've already seen that the same person who said that, is going to try to put in a new Supreme Court justice vote immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think what this is doing is it's revealing certain hypocrisies, obviously, but I mean, who doesn't expect hypocrisies right. from politicians, to be honest with you? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, politicians are people all the same as us. So, of course, they're going to have hypocrisies and biases and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And it's not surprising that literally the night that she died yesterday, that uh, said person Mm -hmm. uh, decided to put out a quote saying we're going to put out a new justice vote immediately Mm -hmm. after publicly saying that that shouldn't be a thing years ago 
but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for that particular person, um, they already have a track record of being very inconsistent with the things that they're saying to the public. Uh, and it's, you know, ob- obviously, like each time that they say something, it's geared to whatever agenda they are pushing at the moment, whatever suits them best at that point in time in their life. So uh, I'm not necessarily um, surprised by that. Um, right now, my mind is more thinking of because like uh, you made a good point with, you know, the process of how we get our Supreme Court justices being a good process. But obviously, there are flaws within that process. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential for manipulation of that process. Uh, so something else that somebody brought up, uh, which I, I'm curious to know what your um, stance is on this, uh, is instead of having Supreme Court justices sit for a lifetime, um, they would only sit for a specific t- time period. Some people are mentioning like 10 years or 15 years of their career versus a lifetime. And the thinking behind that, as far as I understand it, is that uh, if you have someone sitting on the Supreme Court for the rest of their life, basically, um, it could lead to situations in which their personal views haven't kept up with the changes occurring within the nation from a, mm-hmm. a, from a you know, societal standpoint. And, and their perspective may not necessarily reflect the ideals of certain groups of people who are starting to make progress in their fight for equality. Um, and because their perspectives don't change, they oftentimes will stand in the way of said progress. Um, so instead of having them sit for lifetime, they would sit for a certain period of time. Um, and in doing that, the hope is that their effectiveness during that time period would be at its peak. Does that make sense? No, I get it. Um, I'm trying to think how I feel about that. I think that assuming that one's opinion doesn't change, uh, is kind of a flawed assumption. I think we've seen in many cases over time, just in people in general, that people's opinions change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a quick example is something that we mentioned weeks ago, or I'm not sure which week it was, about uh, the views on marijuana in society, mm-hmm. about how fast that changed, and the same people who were very bullish against are now, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm not sure how I feel about it in terms of reducing life sentences mm-hmm. for it. Um, I'm just kind of like openly thinking as I think about it. No, that's fine. I I, see- the reason I, I asked you is because I don't really know how I feel about it either. This information is all pretty new for me. So I was curious to see like what your thought process was. Yeah. I think the general role that they do isn't necessarily how you necessarily feel about something. Like the action itself, it's how you interpret the Constitution and the precedents that have been set before it. Agreed. And so one's viewpoint of of a, a current societal issue technically shouldn't play into it. I mean, it obviously will because we're human and biases come through. But the hope is that because you're a seasoned judge by now, right? And you've mm-hmm. been here for so long that you should already have a very clear way that you interpret the constitution. Mm-hmm. And that's how you go about your job. 
And plus, I think that some people will surprise you. And I think there have been some people, I'll just take recent court cases in which they have been surprised by certain justices' opinions on things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think in general, though, term limits may be a good idea, but I think that's across the board. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not opposed to the idea of term limits, especially if we're talking like across the board, just because at at the end of the day, you know, if you have term limits, I feel like there will be uh, a greater sense of urgency to focus on bigger things at that point in time, um, which could lead to, you know, more decisions being made at an effective rate. Uh, instead of, you know, these policies or ideas or decisions about laws being, you know, bandied about year after year after year after year and like no decision really comes down. Um, yeah, I think my other thing is that they don't necessarily take a lot of cake, a lot of cases. True. But the cases and that they take often have far reaching ramifications, um, which is why their selection is so important, because even though they don't take a lot of cases, the cases they take are very important. I think my biggest fear in the lifetime appointments is I think that that may bolster executive power mm. in ways that could be detrimental. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's not every day that you get the chance to appoint a new Supreme Court justice. Right. You know, and if there was term limits on that, every few presidents are going to have power that uh, people may not want them to have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it l- allows you to influence things in ways that I'm not sure I would appreciate. Right. But I don't know. Now, That's something I have to think about a lot. Yeah. And I like, again, in all honesty, I have not really put a lot of thought into this. This is something that I was thinking about earlier this morning as I was reading up on uh, RBG's career. Um, I thought that just popped up into my head while you were talking, um, which I kind of want to mull over it before I actually like talk about it. Um, but do you feel like our Supreme court justice setup should be a little bit more intentionally geared towards things being balanced in terms of like how many, um, leftists how many conservatives and how many moderates we have in the supreme court like sitting on the supreme court at any given time like do you feel like there should be a certain number allotted to each faction if you will simply for the goal of having balance be the like number one attainable uh, or number one like important goal for them you mean like a quota yeah Mm, I think it's tricky because, as I said earlier, some justices have surprised with their opinions. So you never necessarily you'd hope that they'd vote some way, but you never really know. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, I do think that it may be good to expand um, the amount of justices by two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is it? Eleven would be a good number. Um, just because that gives even more opinions, and I think that's like a solid, a solid yeah. number of justices to throw up in there. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily. Um, uh, I don't necessarily 
not not saying I don't I'm not saying I don't care, but I don't know how else to like word it. So this is for lack of a better phrasing. I don't necessarily care if they're left or right. Mm-hmm. What I do care is that is the intention behind putting them in is to um invalidate things that are already lawful and right. may do harm when you get rid of them. Right. You know what I mean? I think we, that seems to, I think the the problem is, is that politicians right now are using the court as weapons. Mm-hmm. And that's more my issue. Mm-hmm. You know, like my example is Roe v. Wade. I know that's very controversial. Yeah. But I think that that's something that's been mulled over multiple, multiple, multiple times. Yeah. And to keep trying to just get rid of it at this point is uh it seems counterproductive and kind of a waste of the court's time but you know yeah well those are all the the big questions i had about that just because like this isn't something that i've really spent a lot of time considering um but you know in the you know in the event of rbg's passing you know uh and all the conversations we've had about the election and politics and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought it was important to kind of delve into this a little bit and, and, and just see where we fall because this isn't something that we we've even talked about before. Um, yeah. This is the first time we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah. So like, I just, I was curious because I don't really know where I stand just yet. Um, yeah. I think it's a, I think this is one of those topics where, it's okay to evolve and change your minds on things. That's like, totally fair. Mm-hmm. Before I felt, I, I kind of realized this as I switched schools when I was younger, mm-hmm. is that at one school I had one opinion and I felt like the court was more of something that should be the thing making change. Right. And as I've grown up and read and just kind of seen how things go, I kind of don't feel like that anymore. I kind of agree with um Ginsburg's take that the court shouldn't be something that makes social change i think that's left up to our congressional leaders and other legislators mm-hmm. you know yeah i think the court should be more of guidance and so if something is enacted into law and it goes to the supreme court and they're like yo this isn't necessarily worded right or this has too many loopholes you should probably consider something like that i think that's kind of more the way that we should think about it. And I don't, I just don't agree with how we're weaponizing the courts these days. Yeah. I definitely think that I'm in the same camp as you. Um, I don't think that we should be weaponizing the court. Um, and I do think that the Supreme court should be one that is its entire goal and focus should be guidance uh, and balance as much as possible. Uh, which obviously is a very difficult thing to achieve, but that's why we are very careful and specific with the people that we choose to put on the court. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that we should keep our eye on moving forward, uh, especially seeing as how the election is is coming up, uh, and some places have already started their their early voting. Um, but it's just one of many things I think that we need to keep our eye on. Um, Something else I was reading up on this morning uh, is the fact that now there's been an announcement that 
uh, Puerto Rico has been promised nearly $13 billion in aid, um, which I have a lot of strong feelings about the timing of all of this. Um, for those who don't remember, kind of. yes, for those who don't remember, Hurricane Maria struck Puerto Rico as a Category 4 storm in September 2017. It killed at least 3,000 residents, and it essentially destroyed their entire electrical system. Um, so parts of the island remained without power for basically a year. Uh, and when that first occurred, there was a lot of uproar uh, in, in regards to how little our government did to assist Puerto Rico. Uh, and now that the election is about six weeks out, now we're seeing our government uh, promise or pledge uh, two of the largest awards in FEMA's history. Um, and the timing of it just smacks of hypocrisy to me, in all honesty. It does. Um, just because it's it's a very transparent, like, oh, hey, the election's coming up. People need to start thinking good things about me, and they need to have good things to say about my administration. So let's finally help out these people who have been without help since 2017. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty clear pandering, you know? Like, it's... It's good that they're getting the help. Yes. But it's really late. Yeah. Like people have been struggling because of this for a long time. Yes. And they've and had to do it on their own for a long time now. Like people that we know have been affected by this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having to figure out generators and food and stuff like that. We people that we directly know have been affected by this and for them to wait so long just to use this as a political pawn is sickening to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I was reading up on it, as to like why um, it's taken so long, really the, the most amount of information that I can find coming out of the administration is that it cited concerns about alleged mismanagement and corruption in Puerto Rico. And that's what they're blaming um, the holdup for, um, which is just, I don't know. That's man. a dumb excuse. <laughs> I mean, here, it's here, just... here's why that's a dumb excuse. And I'm sorry for being so brash. Some people, it's a dumb excuse because mm-hmm. when we put in measures like this, what does the government normally do? They build an infrastructure to regulate this kind of stuff. So we couldn't mm-hmm. have done that years ago. You're going to cite corruption in things when we could put oversight over stuff like this. And people would say, oh, but that's really complicated. But most things in government is complicated. But you know what we do? Mm-hmm. We figure it out. We don't wait two years and wait for an election to all of a sudden be like, oh, we were worried about corruption. What's really changed in Puerto Rico? What? What's different? I don't know. Uh, I, you know I, what I mean? I, like, I don't know. And I, I agree with the the fervor that you have in response to this, because um, that's that's basically where I'm at. Um, it's just, I'm just, but right now I'm just kind of in a, in a place where I'm just kind of flabbergasted at the like the nonchalance almost like oh yeah now we'll help you out you know like oh yeah I I guess now we'll step in now we'll say that quote uh the Puerto Rican people have tremendous spirit you know like now we'll say those things uh because it fits what I need right now um Mm -hmm. 
And like, I just, I wanted to bring that up because my, my overarching point is that we need to be very aware of the actions, comments, decisions coming from the administration right now, because it's all very purposefully trying to shift this man's image. It's very purposefully trying to make people think, oh, maybe he's not actually such a bad president. Maybe he does care about people. But you need to think about the timing of all of this. You know, like, of course, right now he's going to be sending help to Puerto Rico and, and complimenting their tremendous spirit. You know, of course, right now he's going to come out and, and say that, you know, by April, quote, every American will have a, a vaccine for the coronavirus. Like, of course, he's starting to say these things that, you know, sound good and that we have been wanting to hear for so long because it fits him in the moment. Don't be fooled by the positive spins and the positive news that's going to come out here in the next couple of weeks, because the man that we have seen over the past few years is the real person that's our president. That's who he really is, not the the good things that we're going to see right now. Yeah, I think my my big takeaway would be to be aware of apathy. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people kind of already have in their mind who they're going to vote for, so they're not going to do further research just to make sure mm-hmm. in advance. And I think that it's very important, regardless of which side you're going to be voting for, to do proper research, make sure that the issues that you care about um, are being factually represented. You know what I mean? We have... For some states, we have a long way to go before we start voting. We have um, debates still. Um, You know, watch the town halls that happened recently if you haven't. And just do your best to stay informed because I know, like, it's really easy to be like, well, I know who I'm voting for, so I don't need anything else. But I think it's really important to make sure that you keep your ear to the ground and keep your eyes open. Agreed. Agreed. Um, right now we're entering into that critical junction time. Uh, and obviously everybody is stressed out. Everyone has a million things going on in their lives. Uh, and the last thing that you want to start paying attention to or thinking about or reading up on in your spare time is politics, but especially with all the sports going on, but you gotta, yeah, you gotta, But I mean, right now, these politics that are so frustrating and so divisive, regardless of what side you you fall on, it's important that we are intentional about our impact on the political decisions that are going to be made moving forward. Um, We all want things to get better. You know, we all want our stress levels to go down. We all want to feel more peace in our life, you know, and a big part of that is what's going on right now with our politics that that's just the truth um so yeah you know i i want to just encourage people do everything that you can to to be as informed as possible vote however you're going to vote just make sure that you get out there and actually vote um and once you've done that however you can try and find some time to to relax and and enjoy some some other things but let's take care of business first i think yeah and pay i think a lot of people just kind of focus on the presidential race but the more i guess the more important races are your local stuff Mm -hmm. 
because that makes more of a that makes more of an indirect uh um, more of a direct impact on your day-to-day life agreed you know what i mean like you really have to pay attention to that local stuff and then yeah you know find a way to relax you know pull up a nice lakers game and root for oh, the purple and gold and oh, or you know you can, that, you know you can pray for the the denver nuggets so no forget them um, figure out a way to not get massacred by the lakers in, again no nah, it's fine you know just root for the purple and gold you know or you just, know, don't. if not if you don't root for them just do it for me man it's been 10 years don't don't do that he he says it's been 10 years but don't forget that the Lakers have been one of the most dominant franchises in NBA history. You have a slew of championships that you can appreciate. Okay, uh, let's let's cheer for a team that you know doesn't have that same type of history. Let's see some new winners. How about that? All right. So ignore that. That's just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but. Just be on the right side of history, and you know, purple and gold. The, the right side of history is the side that that cheers Lake for change. Show. It cheers for change. Just saying. Yeah, change. Think about it. Here's the change. We haven't won, and I say we because I've been invested in this team since I was a wee lad. We mm-hmm. have not won a championship in ten years. We mm-hmm. have not been to a Western Conference Final in ten years. Mm-hmm. It's time for change. And no. No. How long has it Hoorah. been that Denver Nuggets have won a championship or made it to the Western Conference Finals? Hey, can I tell you something? How long has it I been? I don't care. How long no, has here's it been? What Let me tell you. How long you. has it been, though? It, it, listen, listen. The Lakers and the Celtics are the two organizations that I don't want to hear it from. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the Celtics to, right now. They need to win a game. To, here's the thing. It's been an X amount of time since we've won anything. I don't want to hear it. You guys dominated for so long. It's time for someone else to dominate. You can sit down on the sidelines, okay? No one wants to wear your ugly jerseys anyways. It's fine. Okay, get out of here, Wizards fan. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) anyway, here's the thing. In NBA history, what do you hear people say all the time? They had to lose before they learned how to win. So I'm just helping the Nuggets out here. You know, you got to lose. Really not, though. <laughs> really, you got to lose, my man. Really not, Go home. Uh, get out of the bubble. I'm trying to get you matter. to Cancun. Cancun on three. <laughs> what is it? Uh, so Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. So Friday, they can go on vacation. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. Get up out of here. It's a good time for LeBron to go on vacation. That man is so old. You know, his body he had vacation. Out on him at, at, any, at any point in time, you know, Cancun he would, had vacation. would look really nice on him, you know? No, he had vacation. Did he? Mm-hmm. He didn't make playoffs last year. Yeah. Well, he needs another one. You know, he's been working so hard. He deserves another one. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, ignore that. Uh, purple and gold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't. You know what I'm saying? You'll hate yourself it's... later. Don't do it. No, you won't. You'll trust me. Winning. Jared doesn't know what it's like to vote for a winner to like <laughs> to really be on the winning side of I things. I know. I'm jaded because all of my. Well, That's not why all of my this teams. man is salty. But I'm salty. Yes, I will completely own up to that. I'm salty. Uh, but I just the reason I'm salty is because I don't want to hear a Lakers fan cry about how hard the past 10 years have been when for literally 28 years, most of my teams have not been winners. Like, don't 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 do that. Man. Here's the thing. Don't do that. Here's the thing. Literally Here, zero. zero here's the thing. None I can argue that I've had it harder than you. 
No, you can't. Yes, you I can. Because here's the thing. You Do you think you it's harder? That you had a different experience from me. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Here's why. No, like just, listen. Top, just listen. Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. Would you say that it's easier to be broke your entire life or to have been rich and then be broke? I would say that it's harder to be broke your entire life because you're constantly struggling upwards. I would say what that makes overall, it feel harder. I mean, just the fact that like you're constantly struggling upwards. If you start off at the top, right, and then you fall down to the bottom, you at least have had some period of time in which your life was easier. Your life was better because it was. Are at you the in top. this camp that is better to have loved and lost than to never at all? Mm, is that really what I'm hearing here? I don't really because know. Because that's about what it feels that. like. Because let me tell you something. <laughs> having been a champ, having seen five championships uh, in my life, uh, you know how hard it is to go from that to having the number two overall pick multiple years in a row. So imagine. Do you know this. what it's like imagine for your this. team to go from hold the on. mountain to the valley? Hold on, hold on. Imagine when you, look, your team's this. been Just, in the valley. Listen, listen, your team's listen, been in the valley for a while, so you don't know. Second. Just imagine this for half a second. This valley that you're in, that you've been in for ten years, right? Imagine mm-hmm. instead of being able to get out because you guys have buku money and you can afford LeBron James and Anthony Davis, imagine that it stretches on for another eighteen years. Then you can talk to me about how long it's been and time for change. Then you can do that. Okay? I don't want to hear about the little blip in y'all's history. Don't give me that. I have no sympathy for you. Anyways, purple (laughs) and gold. Purple and gold. (laughs) He's been hating on LeBron since he was in Cleveland, beating his Wizards. I mean, obviously. He'd be like, that crab dribble. The crab dribble. Oh my god. Oh, okay. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You can look up, you can go to YouTube and type in LeBron Crab Dribble. And you can see how this man took four steps. And those four steps was all he needed to prevent my wizards from beating his uh, Cavaliers in that series and preventing my wizards from going on to the championship, man. Like I've asked people. I've asked people who are LeBron fans. I've asked people who are completely neutral in this situation, and they've agreed with me. He took four steps. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Anyways, there's, there's purple that. and gold. He's <laughs> torching people with that weak look down shoot move. I hate that move so much, bro. It's torching not torching them. It's not purple good. and gold. <laughs> it's not. It's a weak move, but it works. <laughs> torching <laughs> them. Purple and gold. Eight more, no, seven more wins, boys. Seven more wins. Anyways, we're gonna stop talking. Virtual now. parade. You coming? Always, I'm going. We always ramble at the end. I apologize for our rambling. Please remember the the more important aspects of today's conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, be informed. You know, show some empathy. It's okay to take criticism. You know. Um. You know, don't be so hard-headed when taking criticism. Try to look at it as a point in which you can improve. Um, oh, I also have exciting news that I don't think I told you. We are currently on Amazon Music. Ooh, interesting. A new platform. We yeah, need, like, yeah, a new yeah. platform sound effect, you know? We need, like, a chime whenever we're on, like, a new Ding. platform. There it is. We're on a new platform. Ding. Amazon Music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found that out yesterday. Dude, that's awesome being, though. Being Friday. Yeah. That is awesome. 
Uh, shout out to, to all of our listeners. We love you guys. We appreciate the fact that you listen to us ramble and rant and all that good stuff. It's definitely good times for us. So we hope that you guys enjoy it just as much as we do. Um, yeah, it's been so fun. Yeah, it's been remember fun. to like and subscribe and to rate five Leave stars comments and to, to share with comments. everybody you know. Dude, I, I promise you we're actually super nice people even online. So don't be afraid to drop us a DM, you know. We love to very talk nice. to you guys and all that type of stuff. I'm going to act like my brother and just retweet your comments with the word, with the letter W. Okay. That's what he does. He sees stuff he likes and he goes, yeah. W. W. <laughs> or he'll go, L. Is, is that the only thing he does? Is that the only way he interacts with people online? No, sometimes he puts crying, laughing faces. I see. Man of very little words, I see. Yeah, you know how Jaden goes. You know how he goes. Uh, all right, so we're gonna actually finally end the episode here. Always remember that he subtweets and I'm therapy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next Don't week. Don't let your dreams just be dreams. I thought, we were dreams. <laughs> I thought it was done. It is. Let it be done. <laughs> also, just do a quick Twitter search for Ty Lawson. That's all I ask. Oh my Thanks God. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye. <laughs> see you next week.